Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Up Level Your Career with Judson and Jerome podcast. Um, my name is Jerome. I am a resume writer and career coach. My company is called The Resume Shop, Inc., and I've been in practice for 10 years. And it's my uh, pleasure and um, honor to welcome you today to our conversation. Uh, as you know, if you've listened to the podcast before, Judson and I record these uh, podcasts from our home. And so what that means is you're going to hear, um, you're likely to hear some background noise, uh, the sounds of our household, the sounds of our neighborhoods. And uh, so we're not in a sound booth, we're not in a recording studio, but hopefully what we're offering you is really good practical advice that you can use um, as you uh, up-level your career. So um I'd love to, uh, at this point, welcome Judson um, as well and let him introduce our topic for the day. Thank you, Jerome, and welcome, everybody. So glad you're able to join us here for Uplevel Your Career. Today, we are going to be talking about something that affects everybody eventually, and that's performance appraisals or performance evaluations or annuals, as they're sometimes called. But what we're going to do is... In terms of how we're structuring this today, there's a lot that we're going to go over. So we're going to encourage you to take good notes and, and, and siphon out the nuggets that you need for your upcoming appraisal. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about why appraisals are necessary and just uh, perhaps a way to look at them to mitigate any anxiety that you may be having around them. Um, we're going to talk about the benefits of these evaluations and appraisals um, and, and some of the positives that can come out of it. This taps into reducing anxiety, perhaps. Um, we're also going to talk about documentation, things you can do to best prepare um, for, for your evaluation to help you. Because just like anything, when you prepare, it's going to make it a whole lot easier and, and, and better. That's kind of obvious, but we'll, we'll state it anyway here. Um, and then um, we're going to talk about some of the uh, employee perspectives and considerations. Another component that we're going to talk about um, are the, the, the types of appraisals. There's different ways that employees are appraised depending on the company, depending on the job. Um, we'll be talking a little bit about the, the variety of ways just so you're familiar with some of those ways. And some of the elements of performance appraisal is what we're going to uh, delve into as well. And then what we're going to do um, is at the end, or toward the end, we're going to frame this up in a, in a, in a way that gives you a, uh, a look at what to do before the appraisal, what to do and not to do during the, the appraisal, and what to do after the appraisal. So that's... In a nutshell, the roadmap where we're heading today, I'm going to turn it back over to Jerome, and you can kick us off. Jerome, take it away. Sounds great. So for starters, let's talk a little bit about the benefits of an evaluation. So um, what, you know, why do these things exist to begin with? Um, the first uh, reason for, um, aside from sort of, you know, really getting a, a good um, you know, assessment of how an employee is doing in, in terms of meeting goals and objectives and that sort of thing. Uh, what's really beneficial is that this 
appraisal, this, uh, this evaluation really sets up a structured means of communication uh, between the um, supervisor and the employee. So it's, it's really an opportunity um, with some great structure to talk about, uh, you know, what, what are the, uh, how is the employee performing in terms of meeting goals and objectives? How is the, the employee doing in terms of uh, meeting the essential functions of the job? You know, what skills does he or she um, possibly need to brush up on? Uh, you know, um, maybe there's, there's something that uh, isn't going well. It's an opportunity to, uh, to talk about those things. Um, and it's also a great way to sort of um, overall make sure that the entire department, the entire company is being as productive as possible. And, uh, and it allows uh, sort of um, the opportunity to talk about these things within a framework uh, and, and also to, to sort of, I think it's important to, to talk about things um, sort of out of the heat of the moment, especially if there's anything that's maybe not going well. You know, that it allows for both the employee and the employer um, to uh, to have some some opportunity, you know, to reflect on things before the conversation. And uh, just as an aside, uh, one thing I forgot to mention, as we're going through the, the conversation today, we're going to try to talk about things from both perspectives. So from the perspective of you as an employee who's being evaluated, but also from the perspective of the supervisor who is doing the evaluation. And you might find yourself in either of those roles or maybe even both. Maybe you're a supervisor who has direct reports and you're going to be required to evaluate them. And then perhaps you're also being evaluated by your own supervisor. So there are many ways to sort of look at this. And so what we would invite you to do is to sort of put yourself in whatever role makes the most sense uh, for you but also just to, to be aware of, of how this is. And ultimately, you know, what, we're, what an evaluation should, should be is a two-sided conversation. Um, and I think as the employee being evaluated, as much as possible, you, you'll want to position it that way too. Um, so that within, you know, when you're being the, the employee who's being reviewed, of course, your supervisor is going to go through the evaluation with you and, and speak with you um, about your performance, right? But it's also an opportunity to ask questions and to have a, a conversation from your perspective as well. Um, what are your thoughts, Judson? Yeah, well, I like the fact that we're talking about this as a conversation. It's, it really is a dialogue, and this is not about being judged, per se, because no one likes that. But it can be an eye-opener, depending on, on, on your performance. But this really can be a gift. It can be a gift of saying, you know, here's what I've done well, here's what I haven't done so well, and how does this fit into my longer-range career path? So I, I think that, you know, when you look at it, in, I mentioned earlier the anxiety that comes with this. You know, as this approaches, it's normal and natural to feel anxious about it, perhaps. But I think if you prepare well, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, it will decrease some of that. But I think it's really, a lot of this is how you see it. Do you see this as positive feedback or negative criticism? You know, and, and, and I think that how we interpret things 
is really up to us and how we react is really what we have most control over. So I think that we need to be mindful of that as we move forward, regardless of what's said. Right, absolutely. And I think to your point, Jetson, I think it's really, hopefully through this conversation, what we will be doing is empowering you to be in that positive space when you go to an evaluation, even if something comes up that's not entirely uh, favorable for you. Just, you know, again, it's about how you frame it, but also just to be able to, to stand in your power and, um, and, and take it on as a learning opportunity, but also as an, an opportunity to uh, plead your case. Um, and, and I don't say that in a way that you want to go in and make this a contentious sort of, of conversation because it's certainly not that. But, um, you know, as I'm looking over my notes, you know, there's some certain things, you know, some things that I think are important to, to consider. And one of those is, you know, if, uh, if there's a deficiency in your performance, it's something that needs to be addressed and you're being put on a, a, on a performance plan to be, a, you know, to, to sit in your power and to be able to say, okay, I understand that this is an area that I need to improve. What I would like to ask you for then is the support to be able to do that and to, uh, to if you can in that moment identify what it is that you need to be successful. Maybe you need additional training. Uh, maybe there's, you know, some situations with other employees that need to be addressed. Um, you know, whatever it is to be um, empowered to ask for those things because none of us live in a vacuum. So, um, you know, if my performance is deficient, it's certainly affecting other people and there might be other factors involved. And so to be able to very, uh, to be very forthcoming about those things. And, and if you can't, my suggestion would be if in the moment you can't even think about what, what you need, you know, just to identify, okay, yes, I agree. That's an area that needs, um, that I need to improve. And hopefully you know this already, uh, but, you know, could I, can we circle back in a week? I want to take some time just to sort of identify um, what I might need in terms of support. And I think all too often employees don't do that. Um, right. Because, well, and I, I, I guess I would also add to that, you know, what do you need in terms of support? But come up with a plan. And it doesn't have to be a super detailed plan. But come up, take the initiative is, is the important part, I think. And right, come up with right. some ideas or suggestions you can come back to your supervisor with when you do circle back that week later. Say, here's what I've thought about. I've reflected on these things, and you know, here are some areas that I think I need some improvement on, and here's some ideas on how I can get some of that help. So you're going to have to do some research, but I think that if you take the initiative, you're, you're demonstrating that you're very open to improvement and that you're owning the responsibility for it. Right, right. So I think... So much of an, a performance evaluation seems to be kind of looking back, like here's, <clears throat> you know, here's what's been going on and here's uh, sort of assessing everything up to that point. But I think what's important is to sort of frame it as a springboard, as a reset button, right? And so to be really beneficial, then the evaluation needs to be a place where here's what's been going on. Now, how do we move forward from this point? Um, and if you're somebody who's been a high performer, you know, that's the opportunity to talk to your supervisor about what your goals are with the, with the company. Do you see yourself stepping into another role? 
um, do you see yourself taking on more responsibility? And maybe they're going to suggest that you take on more responsibility and have a plan for that. And to your point, Judson, it needs to be clearly defined. Uh, I think evaluation from the very beginning, it all needs to be clearly defined. What am I being measured you know, on? What are the metrics that I need to be um, performing against? How am I going to be evaluated? What are the things you're looking at? Knowing those things specifically. And then during the evaluation, as you're talking about what, um, you know, areas of improvement or even professional development, let's clearly define what those things are and let's set up benchmarks. You know, where should I be in 30 days? Do we talk again in 30 days to see how things are going? 90 days, whatever it happens to be, but clearly defined. Because when, when expectations are clearly defined, then we can achieve those expectations. When they're sort of nebulous, um, it's really hard to know how we're doing. And as the employee, if you're in the review situation and things aren't being clearly defined, then ask for them to be. Because sometimes, you know, the, the bottom line is uh, we sometimes have supervisors who aren't great supervisors, and we have to manage up. And, and in some ways, this is an opportunity um, and a framework to do so if that's something that, that needs to happen. Um, any additional thoughts before we move on? Well, and, and some of this may be uh, an overlap of what we're going to talk about later, but I think, you know, part of what we want to do before the evaluation is really come up with some of these questions that's going to help you get some clarity on what you're being measured on and, and also some questions that you can bring up as it relates to your career path within the organization. You know, for example, you may be thinking, you know, I'm getting kind of bored with this. What else can I do to take on additional responsibility? And if you have some ideas based on some needs that you've observed, that would be a good time for that. Or, for example, you may be thinking, you know, I've been in the United States for my whole life and I would love to live in another country. Our company has an office in London. Let, let's, let's bring up the subject of transferring to the London office, for example. Right. So um, these, these, these are wonderful opportunities because everybody's so busy, we rarely get one-on-one -on -one time. And if you have some good questions, this is a perfect opportunity to bring those up and, and start the dialogue. Right. And I think, you know, all of this sort of um, depends on, on where you are in your career with a particular company. So certainly your experience the first time you're reviewed will be different than if it's, you know, the second or third time with the same supervisor. You know, if you've, if you've gone through the process before, then you know what to expect. And so you can actually be prepared if you know that the reviews happen quarterly or annually or whatever they happen to be, probably annually more than quarterly, but you never know. Um, and so you can, uh, you know, you, know, you sort of know their style, and so you can actually even be more empowered. Um, so let's move on and talk about, um, so we talked about the benefits, you know, being an honest uh, discussion of areas needing improvement, sort of a, an opportunity to even talk about the things you've accomplished. Um, and you should, going into the review, you might want to make a list of those things um, so that you can talk about those things. One of the 
other sort of reasons that we do evaluations is to document things. Hopefully, throughout the course of your career, things are being documented not just for the review, but throughout um, uh, throughout the your employment. And um, but it's a good time for um, both you as an employee and for the supervisor to document. Uh, conversations about uh, performance to document performance uh, plans if you if you're put on a development plan of some sort for you to document conversations about your uh, interest in promotion or moving forward in in a different direction um, the documentation is important in terms of if you're the supervisor having this documentation will help you defend uh, employment decisions if you're giving somebody a raise and uh, there's question about whether or not they deserved it or whatever, you'll have the documentation to back it up because you'll have these performance evaluations. Or if someone's put on a development plan and it's very specifically defined and they're not meeting the objectives and they have to be um, demoted or even terminated, um, then you have the documentation for that as well. So um, having you know, worked for a staffing firm in a, in a sort of human resources capacity, documentation is really critical. We documented everything, every phone call, um, every conversation we had with an employee. And so um, one of the key elements of, of the performance evaluation is this documentation to get things done in writing. And as the person being evaluated, it's important as well that you um, – are aware of the documentation. So depending on how the performance evaluation is set up, there may be a place for you to write comments yourself, and I would encourage you to do that. If there's anything that you have questions about or anything maybe you don't agree with, then you can document those things on the evaluation as well. Um, and then, of course, there's a place where you sign the evaluation, which means that you're accepting it. You're um, you know, you're saying, yes, I agree that this is a, a, an assessment um, that's that's accurate, and you sign it and date it, and now it's you know anything with a signature now becomes a legal document of some sort. And yeah. So, so let, let let me ask you this, then I might sure. be putting you on the spot a little bit because it wasn't really in our agenda. But what if you feel that you were given an unfair evaluation? Yeah. Um, how, do, how do you approach that? Do you do it right then and there? Do you do it in writing as a follow up? Do you send it in an email, or or how how do you best handle that? Would you suggest? I, yeah, I think it all depends on the situation, um, you know, and and how inaccurate it is. Um, this is again, it's really about being empowered, and this is your opportunity to have that conversation. And if it's a situation where you don't um, agree with the evaluation, um, the first thing I would say is I wouldn't sign it. Um, you don't have to, um, and. And then I might ask for a third party to sort of mediate if I needed to, you know, uh, because I think if there's something I don't agree with, then there's probably going to be a little bit of, of um, tension uh, in, that op in that room. I think you, you just certainly be very polite and, and you know, you don't want to get heated, but you might just say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't agree with this um, assessment of my performance and then maybe talk about you know here's here are the things that i i think are wrong and um and if you can't come to some sort of agreement with the 
the supervisor at that moment, then I would say, you know, maybe we need to have someone from human resources uh, kind of step in and mediate this. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. And, so, yeah, no, and, great and answer. Great sign, answer. I wouldn't sign it, and I would also then say, like, maybe you write an addendum and ask for that to be put in your um, in your file. Yeah. Well, it's a delicate topic, no doubt. So how you handle yeah. it. There's a number of variables. I mean, the nature of your relationship with your supervisor, um, and, and and you know what has happened or not happened. So there's a lot that, that would go into this. So be mindful of of whatever you do, whatever tack you take, um, right. do it diplomatically. You know, from a documentation Absolutely. perspective too, um, one thing I would encourage everyone to do is that when you first start a job or starting today, document your own successes. <clears throat> and what you could do is create a career journal to give it a, a name uh, if you want. And it could be based on feedback you got from coworkers, maybe an email that says, you know, a shout out or a kudos to you type thing. It could be an award that you received. It could be positive words from vendors. Whatever it happens to be, when it comes time for the evaluation and you need to kind of present yourself in positive lights, you'll have all this at the ready. So anytime something good happens, doesn't have to be monumental, but just good, positive, and especially if it aligns with last year's performance reviews. Like, yep, did that, okay, I went above and beyond on that. This will help you, as you said earlier, state your case. So a career journal is a good idea. Yeah, and I think documentation is huge, whether it's um, those sort of anecdotal notes. And even as I run my own business, um, I have a notebook. I call it the book. And it's a notebook where I keep track of what's going on each day, phone calls I've made. Um, and it's just a really great reference to go back. And I learned this in teaching, too. You know, you document everything, conversations with parents, uh, you know, keeping a notebook. But here's one other thing that I would consider doing um, is, you know, so much of what happens in the workplace is conversation. So here's a hypothetical situation. So you have a conversation uh, with your boss about a task that needs to be performed or um, anything, you know, anything that's sort of of note. When I get back to my desk, I would shoot that person an email and put it in writing as well. Just wanted to reiterate our conversation. I'm agreeing to do this. You're agreeing to do that, you know, and then send them that email so that it's also in writing and then they have an opportunity to respond um, so that this he said, she said thing doesn't happen. Um, and hopefully you're not in a workplace where that sort of thing happens, but I know it does. And so, um, if your boss doesn't do that sort of thing, of you know, like following up via email, go ahead and do it yourself. And like using Judson's word of being diplomatic, yes, be diplomatic, but get it down in writing because too many things can fall by the wayside and then there's no paper trail. So creating that paper trail if it doesn't exist, I think is really important and wise. Okay, are you ready to move on? Judson, did I lose you? Oh, sorry. Yep, I was muted. <laughs> <clears throat> My bad. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I am ready to move on. Go ahead and take the lead, Jerome. Good. 
Very good. Okay, so let's talk about the employee perspective and things to consider. Um, the first thing is um, to insist upon reviews. If you are working in a, in a situation and they don't have this in place, um, ask for it. Ask for it. You know, uh, you know, maybe you've been there 90 days, you know, gone on six months, whatever, and there has been no mention about performance evaluation. Talk to your supervisor and ask, when will I have my first evaluation? Oh, we don't do those. Okay. I'd like to request one. I'd like to request one. I think it's important for me. Um, just I'm somebody who loves feedback, so could we set up a time you know, even if it's just informal to do that. So insist upon it. Um, yep. Well, let me let me comment on that. You know, because sure. honestly, if if they said, "Oh, we don't do those," to me that would be a big red flag um, in a number of levels. But in terms of the overall goals of the company, I mean, how do they track that, and how do they make sure right. that everybody's doing their part to to reach those goals? I, I would be very uh, leery of that. Yeah, and I would think the only time you would even come up against that is if you were working for a very kind of small mom and right. pop kind of operation. And even then you ask for it, right? Um, I think it's it's beneficial to do that. Um, yeah, yep. And, and I guess what I would also request as part of that, um, and you probably heard this in our first 90 days but uh, talk, but in terms of having a an annual review, you know, definitely insist on that. A year's an awfully long time to go between evaluations. A lot can yeah. happen. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe at the very beginning you say, hey, can we, can we do a monthly 30-minute or even a weekly 30-minute just to make sure that, you know, we're all pushing and pulling in the same direction here? Mm -hmm. And really it's about management expectations. I mean, managing expectations. Yeah. So, um, you know, take the initiative because it's to your advantage to get feedback. Feedback really can be a gift um, if if you apply it and and you respond in a positive way. Right. Uh, now, now I'm ready to move on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Here we go. Point number two, and we only have thirty <laughs> minutes left. Okay. Uh, right. To understand what the agenda is going to be. So we've, we've mentioned this, so I'll just very quickly uh, mention you want to know what you're being evaluated on and uh, um, what the expectations are, you know, and, and how this is going to happen. Um, this is an opportunity for you to update your job description. Uh, so if you're in your evaluation and uh, you've taken on additional duties, uh, that haven't that weren't part of the initial job description. You know, make sure you mention that. If you feel like your job title isn't accurate, mention that. It's a great time to talk about those things. Um, and then let's talk a little bit about negative uh, feedback. Don't overreact. Um, think of it as a gift. It's a wake-up call. Um, it's it's helpful to know where you're not uh, where you're not performing well. Um, and uh, and then. Uh, you know, if it's unfair, as we mentioned before, ask for a one-on-one -on -one later. Um, plead your case. Uh, let them know uh, where you think uh, things are, you know, where the, the evaluation wasn't necessarily fair, whatever. And then uh, this is a time. So if the evaluation is very unfair, don't want to quit that day. Um, but, you know, again, if you're feeling like 
uh, maybe there's an issue with a supervisor not really understanding your value, it might be time at that point to explore other options. And so, yeah, you know, take this as an opportunity to say, okay, you know, especially to, yeah, I mean, it's kind of all depends on the trajectory of your career and how long you've been there, but maybe you've been there two years and your evaluations, you're like, I keep being considered an underperformer and I know I'm not. So maybe this company, this supervisor, this situation, it's not going to change. They don't see my value. Now is the time right. to move. Well, and so, let me just add this. This is uh, something I was going to mention later in our during the performance evaluation, but it's relevant topically here. So some su couple suggestions I have. If you're getting negative feedback, I mean, that's really hard to take, right? Sometimes you just right. got to bite your tongue, and that's the best <clears throat> response. But some suggestions that I do have is, first of all, um, speak factually. And within that context, do your best to not get emotional. Because that's not going to help the situation. But if you just state the facts and try to keep emotion out of it, you're going to be um, better off. I would also say make sure that you don't compare yourself to anyone else, saying, well, so-and-so does it that way. I should be able to do it that way, or whatever the case may be. Do not compare and do not shift the blame. It's like, well, if so-and-so would have done this, then I could have done that. Don't do that at least in that immediate moment. If you do need to circle back and, and, and have a, you know, talk about how unfair you think it, maybe it was, that could be a, a real variable um, because we're all, you know, we all look to each other. We all need each other in the workplace. So that could be the case, but don't do it right then and there. It just makes you look bad. Right. And speaking factually, I think is really important, and I'm kind of an anecdotal story here. Um, when I was working in staffing, uh, we had two meetings each week with our supervisor, and one was Monday, one was Friday. And the scenario was this. The supervisor would say, okay, Jerome, you're working on this underwriting um, position for AIG. How many candidates, how many candidates are you going to source? And I would give him a number how many are you going to submit? And I would give him a number. And then on Friday, he'd come back and he'd say, okay, Jerome, on, uh, for the AIG um, position, you said you were going to source 15 candidates. How many did you source? And I'd say, oh, 10. Oh. And then he would always say, oh, you didn't make your benchmark. How many did you submit? I submitted two. Oh, you said you would submit three. And then I would say to him, I only submitted two because they hired the first one I submitted. Mm -hmm. And and my supervisor, he was a little crazy, uh, and he would say, "Oh, but you still didn't make your numbers, you know." And I'd be like, "Okay, whatever, you know." I, but it was it was one of those situations where I would I would defend myself and say, you know, I didn't have to submit the third candidate because they hired the first one I submitted, so it didn't make sense. Uh, and and he was very much a stickler for numbers, and it was sort of. That's how it was, and ultimately he ended up resigning, and so I didn't have to deal with him much longer. But uh, but I I was bold enough to say yes, but here's here was the situation, um, and so be you know stand in your power, don't get emotional, um, and and state the fact. Um, anything else to say about that before we kind of talk about the elements of the. We've been talking no, a lot no, about I, employee perspective, so let's let's move on. So, yep. um, 
so the next three things are are sort of elements of a of a super of a evaluation a performance appraisal and so obviously the supervisor is going to commit uh, do their assessment um, and so they're going to talk about you know they're going to go through the whatever process they go through look at benchmarks and rate you on those you might have an opportunity to do a self-assessment and so if you do uh, you know be really thoughtful about this and think about you know the time period in which you've you're being assessed and, and take some time to reflect on what you've done well, maybe what, what areas you identify as needing improvement. And hopefully you are self-aware enough to know what those are and you're able to speak about them. I think that's really, again, it's really valuable um, if there's going to be any sort of negative, and I shouldn't say, let's not even use the word negative, if there's going to be some constructive criticism Hopefully, you're already aware of those areas and you bring them up as well. Um, that's great. And then the third piece, there might be assistance um, from can, others. Can I mention something on, on self-evaluation? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so if, if this is not your first evaluation with this company, part of what I would do if you're going to give a realistic self-evaluation is to look at last year's evaluation and see what have you done up until now. Did you meet those goals? Did you come up short? You know, some of the areas, yeah, you didn't do it perfectly, but that's okay. Um, but take a look at that. Um, and then if you're going to do a self-evaluation, do your best to make sure that you are evaluating based on the same form and criteria that your supervisor is. I mean, you've got to make sure it's apples and apples. Right, and typically, if you're if you're being asked to do some sort of a self evaluation, they'll give you the format for it, um, and um, and it will be very similar to what the uh, supervisor is filling out. So, um, hopefully, they'll do that. But if not, yeah, it's it's very good. And I think to your point, to to look at the last evaluation and sort of uh, move forward from that is great. And then if if it's a three hundred and sixty degree evaluation, then you might also be evaluated by your coworkers, um, maybe other departments that you work cross-functionally with, or, and even vendors or your own subordinates. So um, a 360 review is just that. They're going to talk to you. You're going to get evaluated um, by everyone, including yourself, who um, touches you, for lack of a better way of describing it, but who, who you interact with on a, on a regular basis. And I think 360 reviews are really, really powerful um, as long as everybody is really fair. Um, and so if you're asked to do a 360 review and you're uh, reviewing a colleague, be fair. Be fair. Even if it's someone you don't necessarily like or get along with, be fair. Um, yep. Because you'd want them to be fair as well. Yep. Uh, they, are, they are very powerful tools, no doubt. Um, some people know them as 360. Some people call them multi-rater feedback systems. Um, but they are very effective. And, and do take that to heart because, you know, the, they can be very insightful. Sometimes, you know, we don't see ourselves the way others do. In fact, oftentimes not. Right. So this is a wonderful opportunity to get the perspective and the perceptions of others, which, you know, are very valuable in your own plan to move forward. So I don't think I do this, but apparently everyone sees me as doing that. So that's the reality. But that allows right. you to incorporate that into your performance improvement plan. Right. 
And I do think it, it just makes you more self-aware, you know, if you're getting that 360 feedback, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I, and again, just to sort of reiterate the point of making this whole experience as positive as possible, you know, it really is an opportunity to just really honestly reflect on um, your career life and how you how you are perceived as a professional, what you do really well, and that always feels good, um, what gifts people see in you that maybe you haven't seen yourself, and areas that you need to improve. And, um, and as I'm talking about this, I'm sort of thinking, wouldn't it be great if we had these sort of evaluations in other areas of our life, you know? Like relationships, you know, like how do you show up in your primary relationships with friends and family and spouses or whatever, you know, I think that the heart of all of this is it's about communication. And when you can really communicate well and honestly, professionally, personally, whatever, you just move through life so much more easily. And, yep. uh, and life becomes a lot more joyful because you know who you are. And so to be able to know who you are as, as a professional, it's really, as, as you said at the beginning, it's a gift. Um, so, Justin, you were going to say something, Alex? Um, well, I was just going to comment. Um, you said, wouldn't it be nice if you could have this personally? And I was thinking, right. no, <laughs> it wouldn't be. But it would be. <laughs> it, it would be. It really would. Because uh, you're right. It's the communication and the perception. And it certainly right. would um, open the door for more dialogue. Um, so right. a personal 360, maybe that's a new business for you. <laughs> really? <laughs> anyway, moving on. Okay. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about methods of um, of appraisal. We'll just touch on these very quickly. Um, and this is probably more um, aligned to what the, the employer, or the supervisor is going to be doing, but you might be somebody who's uh, got direct reports and you're going to be doing these evaluations. But even as an employee to understand um, – how how you're being evaluated is great. So um, there are uh, looks like four different types of um, appraisal methods. One is a comparison method, which would be uh, where you're compared against other um, employees. So one would be like a ranking system where the employees would be listed in order from the highest to the lowest performer. Um, the second would be a compared performance evaluation or a paired comparison. And so what they would do is they would say, okay, we're going to take Judson and we're going to compare him to Jerome and then we're going to compare him to Amy and then we're going to compare him to Mark. And then they do the next Jerome and we're going to compare him. So at, at all of the staff or in the department are paired one by one and compared to side by side and looking at strengths and deficiencies of each. Um, and then the third would be a forced ranking where we rank all of the employees on a bell curve. And so if you're familiar with the bell curve, most people, uh, you know, we're going to put most of the majority of the employees sort of in the middle in terms of performance. And you're going to have a few low performers and a few high performers. Um, and so if you've looked, if you've been in education at all, you know that most of your students, the bell curve is just sort of a natural way that people fall when they're being ranked. And so, you know, it would be using that method. Um, 
I'm just going to go through these really quickly, Justin, if that's okay. And then if you want to chime in, just interrupt me. Does that work for you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. You have more experience in this area than I do. Okay. The second uh, way would be a rating um, method. And this is probably uh, what most of us are familiar with. And so they, uh, there would be different statements about uh, or different uh, objectives from the performance or from your job description and there's a rating method. So like say you're, um, let's talk about your retail employee and one of the benchmarks is greeting the customers. Um, and so you would be ranked on either like from a scale on a scale of one to five on how well you do that or sometimes always never those kinds of things. And if you've ever done self-assessments or quizzes, um, you, you know how that works. Um, or it might be phrases like um, produces uh, produces documentation or produces uh, deliverables on time, produces deliverables on time uh, the majority of times, or you know, so sort of these phrases, and and you basically check off which you know choose whichever one fits. Then the second rating method would be a checklist where there's a list of behaviors. And like always finishes work on time and they just check off the ones. And then in terms of how it's scored, each of those statements or each of the areas would be weighted. So like maybe um, customer interaction is, is viewed as more important than, um, than another, like maybe opening this, you know, balancing your, uh, register, whatever. I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of coming up blank here. Um, but so each of the areas, like depending on what's important for the company or for this particular role, each area would have a different scoring system. So you get more points for doing this than you do for something else. I hope that makes sense. Uh, the third way is the narrative method where two different things. One would be talking about critical incidents where um, you talk about uh, so they write uh, a, a narrative or something you've done really, really well, or they write a narrative um, for something you did wrong. So an incident report, right? Um, when I worked in retail, we had these, and they were sort of added to our review. So like if you did something that was really great and helped a, a customer in a really great way, they would, you know, write up a narrative about that. And then if you messed up, you'd get the narrative for that too. And then the second would be an essay review where at, you know, at the end of the review period or, you know, it's time for a 90-day review, it's just a narrative. It's just an essay. Um, so it's a lot more flexible. Um, the supervisor can sort of uh, write about what they find is important and it's not really prescribed. And so there are some benefits to that and certainly there's some of deficiencies to that too, depending on, you know, how the, uh, the supervisor, what that supervisor thinks is important. And then there are field reviews. So um, when I was a teacher, this was the kind of evaluation that we had as teachers, where the principal would come in and watch me teach a class. And I knew when it, I knew when it was going to happen, I would present my lesson plan to the principal ahead of time, and she would come in and she would evaluate me teaching that particular class. So that's kind of a field review. It could be a ride along if you're a salesperson, right? Your supervisor is going to come and ride with you just on a, a particular day. 
um, they may say, oh, you know, I'm going to evaluate you, so make sure you have some appointments, but but they're just going to ride along and be a fly on the wall and watch you and, and see how you do. Um, and then we have uh, a behavioral anchored rating scale. And again, um, what it does is it takes each of the job dimensions from your um, job description and they're they are identified what are the most important. And then it's broken into anchoring statements. And so these might be things like the dimension for a receptionist might be greeting customers. And the anchor statement for top performers would be greets customers warmly and makes them feel welcome. Uh, and if you're a little deficient, it might say finishes other work before greeting customers. And then if you're a poor performer, rude to customers when they approach the desk. And so for each of the different areas that you're being rated on, there'd be these anchor statements, and the evaluator would choose whichever one fits you. And then uh, the last sort of behavioral method is continuous feedback. And that is where you're continuously being evaluated and um, and and so things are addressed as they come up, things are written up. Um, as they come up and it's an ongoing process and then maybe at the end of a particular period they go through all of that with you. Um, so if you're somebody who is evaluating other employees, it's important to know which of these methods you'll be using. Um, if you're able to choose, you'll choose whichever one makes the most sense. I think there are some benefits to all of these, and I think what's critical for both the employee and the supervisor is this notion of continuous feedback. Um, ask for help when you need it. Ask for support when you need it. Um, when you do something really well, you know, make sure you mention it to your supervisor. You know, I feel really, you know, oh, I hope you notice what I did on this project because I think it's my best work. Right, so toot your own horn in a way that's diplomatic and polite, um, and try to keep this dialogue going throughout the time you're there. So hopefully that was um, uh, beneficial. I apologize because I kind of muddled through a couple of them, um, but that gives you just a little bit of a framework of how this might work. Any comments, Judson? Um, I, I'm I'm a big fan of the continuous uh, feedback, <clears throat> and that's why I said yeah. earlier um, that it might be helpful if you can, especially at the beginning, to say, can we do a weekly or every other week? I mean, time mm -hmm. is critical and precious to all of us, but at the same time, you know, a week or two, you know, within a month span, you can really get off the rails. And if, if you're not talking about it and no one's really aware of it, you don't want it to blindside you ever, but you want to be able to know it, know about it in time to make correction, kind of a course correction. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, I think absolutely. you said it earlier. Yeah. Com communication is, is really at the heart of all this, and no big surprise, but you know, sometimes the communication format and forum is, is established before you get on board. Sometimes you have to take the initiative and say, look, this is my career. I want to do what I can to ensure its success. And some of that might be saying, let's meet every week or whatever. 
<clears throat> creating your own success plan that you can share at these meetings would be part of that. So um, right. I know and that we want to – go ahead. Just one more thing. So, And also think about if it's not like a one-on-one -on -one with your – your direct supervisor, like depending on how big the team is, that might not be possible. But establishing things like team meetings every week or every other week, any of those sorts of things can be really beneficial. And if they're not in place, then put them in place. When I worked for the second staffing firm I worked for, every Wednesday we all had lunch together. And we went through what was going on in the week because we all sort of ran our own desks and we weren't always aware. And that was really beneficial. We did it over lunch. It was nice. It was a team builder. Um, and we we were good about not wasting time, so um, so be aware of how you can make those things happen to keep the communication lines open. Um, so go ahead, Judson. Why don't you uh, take us to the next uh, next topic, and we'll wrap this up. Okay. Yeah. As I mentioned at the beginning, what I'd like to do is just give a, a kind of framework of what to do, how to prepare for an evaluation, what to do during the evaluation, and and some things you can do after. Some of it we already talked about, so I'll just um, quickly move through these here, these three areas before, during, and after. And I think that uh, just like anything, the best, the better you can prepare, the better off you're going to be. So in terms of preparing for an evaluation, what are some of the things you can do? Well, you can gather what we can call background or foundational information. Um, you know, look at the job description, the goals, and, and, and the development plans that you had from your last appraisal and see how you did compared to that. Um, any reports that you've created or anything that, that will help you recall, you know, the highlights that you have, have done or milestones that you've met uh, as it relates to your goals in your job. I would also encourage people to, to to review your, your, your journal notes. And I mentioned earlier to, to really start a journal. You can call it whatever you want, a career journal, success journal. Um, but within a career journal, I would put all the, all the pieces, good, bad, and ugly. Um, you know, here's the things I've done well. Here's the things I feel like I'm coming up short on. And some of that you can take and, 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 and educate yourself in some of these areas and or look for opportunities within the company resources to to identify a coach, maybe a mentor, some some way to improve your skills, however you choose to do that. But this is going to help you track some of those things. Um, so as it relates to prior to, you want to make sure that you have a list of your accomplishments. And you can have those with you. There's nothing wrong with that. You can just write them out, bullet point them, Whatever's going to prompt your memory uh, to do that. We talked about doing a self-evaluation as in preparation for your evaluation, and and again, just just do a complete evaluation. Be realistic about it. It's hard to um, to have a, a self-evaluation and not have a little bias in it, but at the same time you want to make sure that it's realistic. And this is going to help you as you move forward to, to make the necessary improvements. Here's how I see it. And, and here are some of the things that I want to do and feel I can do to improve the value of me as an employee in this role. And that's going to open up a dialogue as well. 
Um, so preparing a list for, for future development for yourself is, is where I'm going with that. And that will be incorporated conversationally into um, your evaluations or your weekly or monthly ongoing feedback conversations. Um, you know, and, and this is an opportunity to share all this information at your discretion with your manager or supervisor. Um, I think that that's going to be helpful too in managing expectations. Your, your manager may have some suggestions for you as well. Uh, and they, they may know about some resources that you don't internally that can help you with that career path strategizing. So um, that's the, those are some of the things that you can do prior to. Um, let, me, let me get to the during part. Um, I have some notes here. Did you have any comments on any of that while I'm looking for my notes? Um, no, I think I, I was just thinking about um, my business coach, and one of the things she said, and I think it applies here, she said um, in terms of running your business, I think it's also, you know, as you're um, an employee or whatever, what we can measure, we can track, and what we track, we can leverage. Right. Mm -hmm. So she was talking about, you know, keeping, you know, measuring certain things and, you know, um, how effective a marketing campaign might be. But even for yourself, you know, what you document, what you're, what you're measuring, what you're looking at, what you're assessing, you can track. Right. So if you're assessing mm -hmm. how many phone calls you make in a day, you can track that. And then if you track it, you can leverage it. So information is power. You said this about other things too, right? How important information is. So, and it all sort of depends on the role you're in. But you know whether this is anecdotal notes about you know um, particular things that happen in the workplace, or whether it's keeping track of you know um, you know certain jobs certainly are more numbers driven than others. But just being aware, what we, whatever we document. Whatever we're looking at, we can actually start to leverage that because we're aware. Um, so taking uh, those notes and keeping that journal, I think it's a brilliant idea. Okay. Did you find your notes? I did. I did. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> okay. um, and so, <laughs> so during the appraisal, we we talked just now about how do you prepare for it. Now we're in the, we're in the appraisal meeting, and and what do we do? Um, Always we want to keep it as positive as possible. That's, that's kind of a given, but I'll state it anyway here. But you know, think about a practical approach in, towards improving performance and, and setting goals. Try to at least start those conversations. You may not flush out everything in terms of setting goals, but at least talk about those things because it shows how open you are to making improvements uh, and, and becoming a better employee. Um, talk about career development. You know, this is a conversation that will probably be ongoing and not a one-time conversation topically, but just really talk about career development and where you would like to go, you know, within the company. I think that this is a good opportunity to, to explore that and maybe even ask for an introduction to somebody, you know, from an internal networking perspective. If you're looking to go to another department, um, you know, and you have to be careful with these conversations because your current manager might be like, I'm not helping you leave. You're my star performer. But at the same time, just be thinking, you know, um, 
what do they call it, internal mobility. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and those would be good opportunities to have these conversations there as well. Um, as I mentioned earlier too, in terms of the feedback that you get, it's not always going to be positive. So we need to learn how to control our reactions to these things. And, and this is such an important thing because you don't want to leave in a huff. Um, you know, even if you had a job waiting in the wings from another company, you don't want to burn bridges ever. So you want to be mindful of how you're responding. Is it respectful, first of all? You know, you're not shouting, you're not crying, you're not, you know, getting too emotional about it all, but just speaking the facts. I think that's a really important thing um, to be mindful of as well. Um, and then after the meeting, you know, there, there, we did talk a little bit about what do you do if you feel that this evaluation was unfair. And this is why you need to have your own career journal that you can go back and pull from to say, look, here are the successes that I've had, and here's how it was measured. Here's what we were trying to accomplish from last year's performance appraisal. I did that, or I didn't do that. But this will help you build your case, as you mentioned earlier here. Um, and you know, create your own action plan, really, moving forward. And this is something that you would share with your manager as well. But based on all the feedback that you got, you think about it, and you're thinking, okay, here's where I want to go with my career, and here's how I can make myself a more valuable employee. Here's my plan to, to accomplish that. And then share that with your manager, because your manager... Um, he or she may have some ideas or suggestions for you to help you get there because, you know, if, if, if you're successful, they're successful and vice versa. So hopefully you have a good manager that sees it that way. And any other thoughts on what you might do uh, as a follow-up, Jerome? Um, well, I mean, my, my overall thought is this. Um, just be in a driver, the driver's seat of your career. And that's something to convey during the evaluation, before the evaluation, and after, is that you're aware of your performance. You're taking all of this as an opportunity to learn to grow and to move forward. And so, you know, during the evaluation, you know, uh, you want to be, if they ask you, you know, where do you see yourself going, have an answer. Be thoughtful about these things. Don't... Um, don't abdicate uh, your career to somebody else. So be actively participating in this process, however that looks for you. You know, asking for the support you need to, to grow, um, to correct efficiencies, being aware of where you want to go next, be in the driver's seat, be proactive. I think if you can take that stance in a really positive way, then it's a win-win. Absolutely. And by that, you empower yourself, and, you're, and when you're empowered, you exude confidence. And, right. You know, that's right. what it takes to, to get ahead uh, is the confidence that you can do it and that you know how to get there. So I think that that's great. Um, that's really all I have, really. There's, you know, we, we talked about a lot of different things and the different types of evaluations that are out there and, and how we can reduce some of the anxiety uh, about the whole process itself. And again, this is much of that is just preparation. And yep. I encourage you to, to really look at what, what all you can do to prepare. We've, we've meant, yeah. given you some suggestions here. 
And you know, there are more things you could do, but I think we give you a pretty good framework. And if you just pull some of those nuggets out of there, you'll do just fine in your next performance appraisal. Very good. Yep. Okay. So thank you so much for listening. I'll just uh, let you know that we are available on a number of different uh, uh, podcast uh, platforms, iTunes, Google, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, uh, Spotify, so wherever you're listening to us, uh, please be sure to subscribe. If there's an opportunity for you to rate the podcast, please do that. Uh, you can write to us at uplevelcareers at gmail.com, uh, and we'd love to hear from you uh, to know how we're doing, uh, to have suggestions for future episodes and all of those things. Um, it's great. Please share this podcast with your friends, your associates, um, anyone who might be interested in, in knowing about it. Um, if you want to reach me directly, you can uh, go to my website, which is resumeshopinc.com, the resume shop inc, spelled I-N-K.com. My email address is resumeshopinc at gmail.com. And Jetson, uh, please share your uh, information and also let the listeners know what we'll be talking about next time. Absolutely. So my, my website is Career Path Strategies which is plural.com. And my email address is Judson, J-U-D-S-O-N, at careerpathstrategies.com. And as far as next week, we are going to be talking about the challenge that sometimes people face as they get older in their own careers. So we're going to do careers. How are we wording this, Jerome? Careers, um, job search Career for search. people. Yeah. Yeah. Career search, job search for people who are, I said initially over 50, and then you said, no, let's do over 40. So we'll, well, we'll do a combination of, <laughs> of those yeah. two. But as career search as you get older. Let's, let's right. keep it broad and vague. Like and that. the reason for over 40 is in terms of human resources law, I believe that once you turn 40, you're considered a protected class. Um, and so uh, – you know, in terms of like ethnicity and gender, um, gender identification or sexual orientation or religious affiliation, you know, that you can't be discriminated against because of those. When you reach 40, you can't be discriminated against because you're over 40. So, right. And, uh, and I know from experience that once you turn 50, you are legally old according to AARP. I know. <laughs> right? On my birthday, right. I got a note from AARP. Hey, welcome. You're, here's who we are. But um, the challenges yeah. are very real. I mean, there is ageism that's out there, and we can't solve all those problems, but we're going to do our best to help you deal with them and circumnavigate them. Right. Because there are yeah. some things you can do. Uh, and and, and we'll, we will share that with you next time. We appreciate you being with us here. We hope you find these topics to be value and valuable and helpful. And one thing that you can do as well to really target your needs is when you go onto those platforms that Jerome mentioned, you can find us by topic. So we've done probably six, maybe eight different podcasts so far, and you can find them by topic. I remember one of them was networking. And, you know, that's critical for all of us. But as you you know, prepare for interviews. That was a topic as well. We've done a great number of them. And so find them by topic and relevancy for yourself or others and feel free to share that link with, with other uh, colleagues that you know as well. 
We thank you so much for being with us today, and we look forward to having you with us next time. Yep, thanks for listening. Have a great day, and do something uh, really positive for yourself. Bye-bye.